Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, May 12, 2019. Our text for this Sunday comes from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17, which are as follows. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who was seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen! Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God and worship Him day and night within His temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And He will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Today, we're continuing our look at the book of Revelation. This week we're in the seventh chapter. And there's some very, as it is in most of Revelation, there's some very precise and some very vibrant imagery provided here. And like pretty much everywhere else in the book of Revelation, we can allow ourselves to get caught up so much in the imagery and trying to figure out what it all means and trying to equated to common day to modern day life that sometimes we miss the reality that the simplest explanation is the proper one and this week's reading is something that I think it's harder for us to understand now than maybe ever before actually that's not true Every generation's dealt with our challenges. We just know more about our challenges because of anti-social media. I mean, social media. I said anti-social, and that was not Dr. Freud. But we have learned so much about our differences that we have forget forgotten our commonalities. We are divided now by age, by gender, by sexuality, by religion. We're divided by economics. We're divided by where we live, rural versus city versus urban. We're divided by language. We're divided by political philosophy. We're divided within everything we've mentioned into subcategories. We are more Balkan. We are more aware of our balkanization than ever before. We see people losing friends and family 
because we get so focused on our differences that we forget our commonalities. Even within the church, we talk forgiveness, but how much do we extend it? How many times do we allow ourselves to be divided into us first them? We look at all these things and it points to something that I think has corrupted us so much. And that's the idea of who is in charge here. Who sets the rules by which we play? I'm going to dive into something I normally don't dive into, but I'm going to do and I'll ask your patience with me as I go into it. For those of you that are severely, uh, in a political sense, for those of you who are severely partisan, one way or the other, I have some bad news for you. Y'all are a lot more alike than you realize. Because all we're doing is fighting for control. I think you can make the case very easily that it's not just political parties who are fighting for control, but it's each one of us individually. It's baked into our DNA as American citizens. The rugged individualism that has been a part of our lore from the beginning and the idea that we are independent people. We talk so much about the individuality. We talk, there are so many times we talk about how each person determines their destiny. We hold up the founding fathers as a source of how we want to divide ourselves. When we forget one of the most astute observations ever made by one of our founding fathers, I believe it was Benjamin Franklin. I know someone will correct me if I'm wrong after service. I believe it was Benjamin Franklin that said, surely we must hang together or surely we will hang. Or something along that line. And yet, as people of the church and as people of the cross, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is no individuality in Christianity, for we are all gods. We are created by God. We've been given our gifts by God. And we are called to share our gifts, not for our own sake, but for God's glory. And in this passage from Revelation, Let's take a good look at what went on here. Coming off the, first, the eighth verse, John observes, After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. You know, so there was a great multitude an incalculable amount. And it wasn't just from a certain nation that John sees this vision, but from every nation, from all tribes and all peoples and languages. 
that kind of flows, flies in the face of our understanding that the kingdom of God is limited to these certain people and to these certain ideals. Now, don't get me wrong. This passage is not saying that everyone worships God. But what it does say to us, brothers and sisters, is that we had better get over our preconceived notions of human categories determining who it is that is welcome in the kingdom of God. And what were they all crying out? Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Boils down to are we shepherd or are we sheep? Are we those who are hell-bent on, call, on having control of all of our shots? Or are we people who will follow the resurrected Christ? the one who is on the throne. For you see, we cannot worship the one who is on the throne and insist on being masters of our own domain. It does not work. The person who has two masters has none. We have to ask ourselves this morning, are we shepherd or are we sheep? And I'm going to move forward just a little bit. And he says, Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. He said to me, they are those, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Again, if Jesus is Lord of our life, then by definition, we cannot. And the ordeal that we are looking at in there is the ordeal of the human condition. Where are we with respect to our faith in Jesus Christ? Have we allowed ourselves to be cleansed and purified by the blood of Jesus? Or is church just another place where we try to exercise control? Is our faith just another area for us to say, I'm in charge? For this reason, we go on to say, they are before the throne of God and worship Him day and night within His temple, and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They are before the throne of God, not because of a check they've written, not because of a perfect attendance pen, not because they volunteered all their hours. They are not before the blood of the Lamb because their names have been on a church roll since the day they were born. They are not before the Lamb because we voted them in. They are not before the Lamb because of anything they've done other than devoting their lives to Christ. So where are we this morning, brothers and sisters? Are we the ones that are the shepherds trying to push things around? Or are we the sheep being led around by the good shepherd? You notice he says, They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne 
will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to the springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Thinking about Tyler and thinking about Sarah and thinking about Britt this morning, I look at them, and if I had a chance... I have a feeling Tyler would tell me he's learned a lot in the last four years, haven't you, son? There was a lot that you thought you knew at 18 that you now know you didn't know anything, right? You're a wise man. Amen. You never know much. But yet the last four years of his life are going to influence him for the rest of his life. And you can say the same for Sarah and for Britt. You never know what's coming. And yet Tyler and Sarah Britt celebrating them this morning is a reminder to us all that none of us knows what's to come. None of us knows how all things in our life are going to go. But the one thing that we do know is that God's love is never changing. God's grace is never ceasing. And our opportunity to love Him is with us always. But we must be willing to get out of the way and let God be the shepherd of our lives. It's not easy. None of us ever totally master it. But may we be people who are always asking of ourselves and each other. Are we shepherd? Are we sheep? And let us remember, let us remember as people of God that if our faith is real and if our faith is authentic, that the Lamb at the center of the throne must be our shepherd.